Toys R Us kid. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Gee whiz! I don't want to grow up, cause maybe if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. I want to be a Toys R Us expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life today. A presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. Well, welcome to Take 12 Recovery Radio's uh, presentation. Another fine episode of Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life today with Dave Fleming. Hello, Dave Fleming. <laughs> so formal. I know. Hello, Monty Meyer. Hello. Mm. Hello. Hey, it's, it, it feels like it's been like six months since we've done the show. <laughs> God. Yeah, we had scheduling, six vacations, six and, weeks, and, 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 and tiredness, and illness, and galas, and weddings, and all that stuff. But we're back. Hello, we're back. We are back. back. We are back for the attack. Yes, and now, now, um, all of the productions of Take Twelve Recovery Radio are on iHeartRadio. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to uh, you want to do that thing? Just go to take12radio.com and click on the big black banner that says "Click Here" on iHeartRadio, and you can go there. You can download the app for your for your iOS or your Android, and uh, you can listen to the shows. Uh, lots of people use iHeartRadio. Lots yeah. and lots and lots of people. If you're already on iHeartRadio, yep, you can just. Search for Take 12 Radio. Take Yeah, Take 12 Recovery Radio, actually. Recovery yeah, radio. yeah. You get search for that on iHeartRadio. I, I typed in Take 12, and it, like, popped up. Oh, it as, did? As one of the Ooh. options. So, yeah. Yes, nice. Well, good deal. Good deal. Yeah. So, another platform. Yet another platform. Yeah, It excited. took a while to get approved by those guys. They're pretty picky. Yeah. It says a lot, lot, though, uh, for your longevity and and, and the show that's been on the air. I mean, yeah, everybody I've talked to you about it, they're like, "Wow, that's huge!" It's you know, yeah, yeah, that's pretty neat. Neato Peachy Kino deserves a cowbell. I think it's that time, though, Dave. I really do. What time is it, Monty? Well, <laughs> is that a bomb? 
It sounds like a bomb, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> it's time for Dave It's an Irish bomb. Icebreaker. Uh-oh. A little leftover from Patty's day. <laughs> right. So we actually, um, we actually uh, celebrated, uh, well, 16 years, Sponsor Sponsor Publications, which is, which is, which is, which is, which is, what we're actually under as far as KHLT Recovery Broadcasting and our legal name and everything uh, has been around for 16 years. We've been broadcasting for 15. We actually celebrated that on June 5th. So we passed it up, and I didn't even realize it nice. at the time. Um, okay, for time, our icebreaker. Time to backtrack. Yeah, for our icebreaker this, uh, this, this week, and this comes, the source for this is Reader's Digest. Yeah, so government has never been accused of being a well-oiled machine, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, that the, is that the joke? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can file these uh, recent National Institute of Health um, expenditures under, did we really need to study these? Here we go. There's three. I just love these. Okay. Let's hear it. $230,000 is the money that was spent to find out that the color red made female monkeys amorous. <laughs> uh, okay. $230,000. That might be a nice home, Dave. You could buy a, uh, yeah, a nice home. You could buy, you might even be able to buy a duplex. How many people could you house with $230,000? $230, yeah. You know, you could... Might be able to build, you know, uh, you could probably build uh, four of those little mini homes. Oh, yeah, the tiny homes? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that means monkeys are not colorblind. I don't know. Weird. Well, here's the second one. Hmm. Now, we use it. That's the most expensive. We'll use the next one. $150,000 was the sum that went to the National Science Foundation to investigate why we're so stressed out by politics. <laughs> I could have told you that for free, man. $150,000 to study that. Wow. Take that with the monkey fee. Uh, it'd be 360000 total. Well, the scary thing is that's probably uh, a one-tenth of 1% 1 of all of the money that's wasted on stupid studies. Yeah. That are oh yeah, that's a small amount. Yeah, let's go a little bit bigger though with the third one. Five million dollars is the amount granted to Brown University researchers for a study that reported on whether fraternity and sorority members like to drink more than the average undergrad. You know what they discovered? They do. <laughs> Couldn't you have just sent out a survey on Survey Monkey? Or one of those other... Surveys. No, no, that's five, let's spend $5 million. It doesn't really cost anything. You pay one guy to look at the data once a month. And this is what your college tuition is going for, Mom and Dad. <laughs> so I I had to throw in... Uh, this has nothing to do with uh, stupid stuff money spent on. Uh, but this is a really stupid criminal. I had to throw him in here. Uh, you know those ring... 
doorbell things with with the the camera inside of it. They've really become popular as of late because they're catching a lot of people doing a lot of funky stuff, right? Uh, This one is interesting, uh, to say the least. So a Ring doorbell camera picked up 33-year-old Roberto. I'm not going to even say his full name because I just feel sorry for the guy. Um, It was around 5 a.m. one morning. He was licking the doorbell of a random homeowner for three hours. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> well, he took a break to relieve himself on their front lawn. Was there a, like a picture of somebody uh, like... Above a, above the doorbell. doorbell? I so mean, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I the thing was, things. it was reported he didn't know the people in the house. It wasn't like he had a had a thing for one of the young ladies there or something like that. It was nothing. It was just a totally random house. Walked up to the house, spent three hours licking the doorbell. Does it say if he was intoxicated or no? He was not. Evidently, they uh, found no drugs or alcohol. Um, so that leaves one other thing, right? Mental illness. Mental illness, and that's... Or a fetish for doorbells. Scary in itself. Well, which would be a fetish... Would be a kind of a mental illness thing, right? That would be a mental issue if that? you are at somebody's house that you do not know licking their doorbell. Well, he's being charged with uh, prowling. <laughs> I guess it's considered prowling, which is a step above tr- uh, 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 trespassing. So... There you go, Roberto. Gosh, buddy. Not. You might want to. Like, you might want to. He wasn't charged with abuse. I, I don't know if the doorbell <laughs> wanted to press charges or, or not. Well, that does it for our icebreaker. <laughs> All right, we're going to be back with the topic the Peter Pan syndrome. I don't want to grow up, Dave. All right, don't go away. <laughs> Left yourself clean. Saturday, June 29th at Chemeketa Community College, Salem, Oregon. This recovery-based stand-up comedy show shares experience, strength, and hope by bringing light to dark places and shattering stigmas surrounding addiction. Featuring the recovery comedy of Jeremiah Coughlin, Mike Lindsay, Riley Howard, Sam Miller, and hosted by Wendy Weiss. Tickets are only $20, but visit unloadedcomedy.com and save. Online tickets are only $15. Yeah, yeah. Doors open at 7.30 p.m. at the Building 6 Auditorium at Chemeketa Community College in Salem. So come and laugh yourself clean. A production of UnloadedRecovery.com and sponsored by Bridgeway Recovery Services. All right, welcome back to the show. Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today with CADC two. Level 2. Two. Two, 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 two. There was three ringing dingies. Uh, Mr. Dave Fleming, I had to uh, settle for level two because they don't, they haven't, they haven't gotten up to speed here in Oregon. They just it should to, be a level five. 
You should be a level 42. <laughs> All right. So uh, Dave Fleming, who uh, is, is currently uh, working for, who are you working for? Let's give him a shout out, Dave. Who am I working for? Yeah. I am working for Acme Counseling and Mental Health and Diversion Classes. Acme Counseling, Mental Health and Diversion Classes. Yeah. Out of Corvallis? Out of Corvallis. Corvallis, Oregon, Oregon yeah. Yes. Not to be confused with Acme Counseling Services on the cartoon The Roadrunner. <laughs> <laughs> Acme yeah, Road I <laughs> figured that was coming. I know. Beep, beep. beep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's interesting so, because one of my uh, one of my cars was a Roadrunner. Oh, and I talk about connections, right? Right. Um, most of my tattoos, right, were done at a place called Acme Tattoo in St. Paul. Really? Minnesota. Look at that! Mm, it's a spiritual connection. Of some kind. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Dave, you came Hopefully up with... not dark spirits. Yeah, right. You came up with this topic, uh, Peter Pan syndrome. And, uh, boy, do we know the rooms of recovery are filled with people that just don't want to grow up. Not because they're toys or us kids. But there's a number of reasons, right? Exactly. So what's going on, Dave? <laughs> Talk to us about this. Well, you know, I just kind of... Oftentimes, more often than not, uh, trying to come up with a topic, I just basically close my eyes and like pick, or I look at the daily meditation for uh, for uh, one of the books that I'm reading. Yeah, so this this happens to uh, come out of a book called The Man Within uh, for uh, June seventeenth, and as I was reading it, I thought this is a great topic because. You know, this kind of ties into the whole, I don't know, mental health aspect of it, mm-hmm. science, mm-hmm. the brain, all of that stuff. Right. You know, they, 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 they talk about that <clears throat> addicts and alcoholics stop growing. When they start stop using? maturing when they start using or drinking. Right. right. That's So a 34-year-old could be 14 in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that's how I kind of related to that. And then mm-hmm. also that when, you know, you go to meetings, there's a lot of 34 and 44-year-olds that are still acting like they're 12. And a lot of impatient, non-tolerant people making statements like, why can't they just act their age? Well, they <laughs> are acting their age. Yeah, in a way. In a so way, they you, are, you, yeah. You may be, you know, 30... 40 years old. Sure. But really intellectually or mature wise, you're maybe only 24 or maybe, you know, 16. And can, or 14, can, can that, depending can on how long you've been sober? Because the, the other side of that is, is once you like get your head on straight and get sober and get all the chemicals out of your system, then you start living life again. And so you'll start learning things. You start, from a 14-year-old perspective, right? Right. So yeah. it's like you're, you know, it's kind of in a way, it's like the fountain of youth. Uh, not in a good way, necessarily. <laughs> right. But, you know, because I've, I mean, I'm, I'm, I just turned 54 last month. But real reality is, is I feel like I'm like 25 years old. Yeah, I get that. You know, um, 
Maybe that's what they meant when they said, you know, keep young at heart. <laughs> right. Maybe they were talking about, uh, you know, that whole life experience and the process of recovery uh, after being an alcoholic or an addict. Okay, let me ask you this. Can, um, do you think that a person can hinder their maturity or their growing level? Let's say let, I'm picking on 14, but let, let's say at 14, 12, maybe even eight years old or, or younger um, due to trauma and no no substance abuse at all, but major trauma in their life can stunt their maturity and kind of bypass the growing up process until they're older? Well, there there are a lot of things that can contribute, you know, for yeah. sure. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a you know, uh, psychiatrist or, you know, that's right. my, like, field of expertise. But, you know, just common sense would tell me that if a person uh, has experienced some trauma in their life, uh, could be emotional could be physical, could be sexual uh, abuse. Um, oftentimes a person will uh, disconnect their, from that portion of their life. So they get stuck. Well, they'll kinda. have like, you know, you hear these people like having memory lapses or they know something oh, happened, but they can't remember exactly. Right, right. Because their brain starts to protect themselves. Right. Well, if you add into that, like a dysfunctional family yeah. and or maybe you're adopted and, you know, that, that sometimes can be a good experience or a bad experience. True. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking of a, you know, one of my clients um, that I've had that, you know, they're in their thirties and they still act like they're probably around 18, maybe 16, Mm -hmm. not quite mature Mm -hmm. dealing with it, but they've been sober for, you know, at least a year, and so they're starting to change their life. They're starting to grow up, as we would say, right. tying into this. They've been in counseling for the most of their of most of their life, dealing with trauma, mm-hmm. right? And at this point, you know, they're they they've kind of dealt with all that, and now they're like trying to learn how to live life on life's terms. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, to me, that's part of growing up. That's part of becoming mature. Right. Right. We start. Doing things like, you know, whatever, whatever normal adults do, you know, we were just talking right. about what is normal. Um, but uh, I think that that has a, a the same kind of an effect as if you're, you're you're putting chemicals or maybe it's not chemicals. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's something else going on, like you said. Yeah. There's gambling or there's sexual addiction or it's things like that. Which can cause chemical reactions yeah. in the brain to go right. off the rails. Well, even in, in the programs, we talk about how uh, a person can mature or grow out of the addiction. Like eventually, you, you, you know, hopefully you grow yeah. up. I've, I've had clients that have just it kind of aged out of addiction. Mm-hmm. Right, they got mm-hmm. to a certain point where they've they've gotten some clean time. They've had a few years here and there. They've gone back and they've tried, you know, tried to go back to using responsibly or whatever we want to call it. Uh, and then eventually find out that you know, hey, it's time to grow up. I can't do this anymore. Uh, you know, I want I wonder uh, because when literature like uh, the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous or the um, the book Alcoholics Anonymous, affectionately known as the Big Book. When they were written, 
um, you know, uh, founders of, of both programs. And I, I, I use them because they're kind of the motherships, right. you know, uh, of the 12 step world. Um, they, they've admitted that they, they only knew, but a little at that time and more would be revealed, et cetera. I'm, I'm wondering now, because back then we still were under the belief that the brain could not heal itself. Now we know differently. And well, it depends on how far down the true down the rabbit hole you've gone. The, the damage has been done. Yeah, right? once yeah. you've gone to a certain point, there may not no be any back. coming back. That's and why we, a lot of these guys, you know, that you ever heard of wet houses, right? Uh, Minnesota has wet houses where these people have gone. They've gotten so far that they're they're basically there's no coming back. There's no coming back. Yeah. So they the state basically pays for them to be in this house or they sit there and drink until they die right right it's just kind of crazy and but i'm just i'm wondering though now that we know that there are certain things that can repair uh, the wiring of the brain that's been damaged or rewired from narcotic abuse alcohol abuse um if 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 we can do that i'm wondering if that age old uh, uh you know adage once an addict always an addict will eventually not always necessarily ring true if we can reverse some of that stuff. I, well, I don't know. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but it's a it's a whole that it's it's uh it's still complicated. It's like it's a very sp- interesting it's like science. A spider's web, right? Yeah, it really so is. So there's a couple of things. You know, the human body is a is a miracle, right? It it right. can do some miraculous things. Right. You know, and we know that uh, there's power in 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 your spiritual life and mm-hmm. prayer and all that. So, uh, your body can create n- new neural pathways, right? Like you can't replace the ones that have been destroyed or burnt out, or yeah, you know that we you know they're not gonna come back and go poof. Like we yeah. we we jokingly sometimes say they burnt out too many brain cells. It's right. you're just you're toast. Uh, you're your uh, your body will create new neural pathways. Um, the old ones are kind of there, but they're damaged, and so the old uh, what they call the lizard brain, yeah, that kind of like stores that old, you know, the thoughts and the feelings and the uh, so they're the damaged, but they're not of gone. That addiction, so right, because you hear these people that are sober for like thirty or forty years, and they yeah. go. They go have a drink, and then within a month, they're dead. They're dead, right? Yeah. Because yeah. their, yeah. you know, their brain is has that connection still to the deep in the the damage room, rooms. right? Yeah, deep right. In the back, down the hall, in the you know, in the dark room. Um, I mean, I don't know how that all works. You know, I don't even try to go down that road. But I'm what an interesting science information I mean, that you know. Yeah. Someday when I have some time, maybe I'll. I'll, I'll go down and, and do some do some study, and I'm, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go for my master's degree. So maybe maybe something to look at. But the other part of that is is like the human body cre- can regenerate uh, itself. It takes about seven and a half years. So every cell in your body will be replaced in seven and a half years. Now, if you think about that logically, that you know you got to make sure that you're putting into your body healthy things. Right, because you're replacing you're, it with unhealthy things right, if you're not. Because if yeah. you're still p- polluting your body, you're still cell. All your cells are still going to be polluted. Right. So in order, makes sense. You know, <clears throat> you know. I think you know. You would do very well if you could. You know, everyone would shoot for that eight year mark in mm-hmm. sobriety mm-hmm. to be like totally. 
uh, totally changed. And so that's how I look at it is like, you know, I can, I can replace all the, the bad with some, some new, right? And, right. And I also have to put in, you know, kind of you are what you eat. You know, you ever, ever heard that term? Hey, you are what you eat, said the wise old man, so that's why you are a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, what is it, Twinkies? Do they make Twinkies anymore? They do, but they're not, they're not like they used to yeah. be. So there's a, you know, so that's an interesting thing. Um, also, you've got the psychological aspect of it. Right. Mm-hmm. If you sit there now, this is I'm just going to throw out a disclaimer here because sure. this is my personal experience and my personal thought okay. process on it. Yeah. Uh, what works for me, every, you make your own decision out there. So uh, you ever heard of negative reinforcements? Yeah, sure. So it, those are go a couple of different th- ways, right? It's it, the one is I'm never going to be like that person. Right. Mm-hmm, I'm never going to mm-hmm. be like my dad. I'm never going to be like my mom. I'm not going to, you know, whatever the, whatever gonna... the is, the, the abuse, the verbal abuse, the physical abuse. Right. Well, that's a negative reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that like the first time I was in residential treatment. So, and... the, so let me back up. So that is negative reinforcement doesn't necessarily mean I'm never going to measure up to do anything. But you're saying I'm never going to be like that guy who beat the holy crap out of me. Right. That could be a negative reinforcement. That also, the other that you just talked about can be a negative Can be one too. too. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So, you know, some air me gets sucked out of the uh, proverbial room here when I say this. But, you know, introducing yourself as an alcoholic and an addict Uh-oh. is the same thing. If I have changed my life, I'm not the same person, mm-hmm. some period has gone by, two years, three years, four years, my life has changed, I have no issues with drugs or behavior problems. Right. Right? Um, why would I still go around calling myself an addict or an alcoholic? Because I'm not one anymore. I'm in recovery. Right? Or, 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 or more directly... According to the big book, anyway, you have recovered. Exactly. People, for some reason, can't wrap their brain around that because they say the the first argument, and usually the only argument is, well, if that's true, then that means that you can go back and drink again, yeah, right? And, that, and that's ludicrous. I mean, and that's it, just ludicrous. I yeah, yeah. So, but, but let me say that. Let me. I say know this. enough about alcohol and drugs now that I wouldn't want to go back to doing that because one, right. alcohol is a poison to the human body. Yeah. And so is smoking methamphetamines or right. snorting it. I mean, whether you're an addict or not. Right. And so, right. And, and the consequences, I've had enough consequences. I know that's I, why people, I've lost a lot of people. And so it, it, that's why I don't get, I just don't understand people that drink, even with impunity, that have had loved ones who have died or almost died behind the toxin alcohol. Why are they putting toxins in their body? I don't get it. I'll never understand it. Well, it's easy. It's the it's the insanity of thinking. It's the psychological aspect of it, right? Yeah. We can trick ourselves into thinking, I'm not that bad. That'll never happen to me. Sure. I can stop anytime I want. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't put a drop of arsenic in your milk. So why would you even have one glass of wine? Well, if... It wasn't okay. Why would they have all these studies saying it's okay to have a glass of wine? 
or you know why would they sell it in the store? Right. Right. That's so the justification. There's all these justifications, yeah. and it's it's just convinces it's, us that it's okay. That is the big lie because so me, that's what the the uh, industry, Big Brother, yeah. every you know, you got the pharmaceutical industry, you got the medical industry, and you know, I might piss some people off, but I don't really care because that's <laughs> that's what you know. As my pastor used to say, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Sure, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's you know, speaking the truth isn't a bad thing. No. And and I think that uh, we're we've been sold a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. We're not been given the whole story. Mm-hmm. We're getting given a little, a little bit, a little bit, bit of truth and some science to back it up enough to get people to believe it, right? So we never grow up out of we never grow up uh, out of uh, out of that poor me thing. So let, let me that's just why say people this. get stuck in the in, in spiritual kindergarten, right? Yes, otherwise known as continuing to go to twelve step, complain about your day meetings. <laughs> drink bad coffee and never ever get to the solution. Right, because there's the negative reinforcement, right? You right. get to a certain point and then you have a bad day or you get depressed or everyone shits on you for what excuse me, can I say that? And <laughs> sorry, but uh and then it's like, okay, well, you know, I I guess it's true. I really am an alcoholic and an addict and or an alcoholic. And it's beyond the medical so terminology. If, and if that's true, yeah. then I might as well just embrace well it, right? Yeah. And, and so here, here's a well, little, let me let me let me just say this. I'm gonna, so hold that thought. Let me I just get say fired this. up about this. Topic. No, I know I know you do. <laughs> so if if I am in one of those twelve step fellowships, and I'm called to speak at a convention or speak at a whatever, mm-hmm. um, I will introduce myself because I don't want to lose the audience. Like it's when in Rome kind of thing. I'll say I'm Monty. I am, you know, blah, blah. But I will make absolutely certain that in my share, I explain to them that I have recovered. That I am no longer, I'm actually no longer in recovery in the sense of I'm still sick and I'm getting better, right? I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And I get tons of flack for that. Now, I want to introduce myself as a recovered alcoholic or recovered addict um, when I'm in Rome, so to speak, because I'll lose half of them. But, man, when I'm share, as I go in my share, I'll explain what that means, that I'm just talking about a medical term here. I'm not talking about anything that has to do with my spiritual psyche. I don't have the ism anymore. I'm sorry. God removed that. And so I am a recovered individual at this point. And and the literature says in the big book of AA, over and over and over again, it's one of the things I have my sponsees do, every time you see the word recovered, past tense, I want you to highlight it. It's all over the place. Yeah. Anyway, there. Well, let me ask you, because I I, I thought about this a lot, actually. Uh, My pastor's wife brought this up to me uh, about you know, why do you still call yourself an addict or an alcoholic? And I, I I didn't have an answer for her, so I said, okay, tell me. And she explained it, you know, like I did previous, you know, a few minutes ago. It's like, you you know, my life has changed. I'm not the same person. I've been baptized. I had a spiritual experience. Right. Right. Nothing is the same anymore. So why do you still call it, you know? And I said, okay, that makes sense. And ever since then, I stopped doing that. But Because I'm not willing same. to compromise. Because if someone asks you, if you're a Christian, what are you going right. to say? Yes. 
okay, so why not say you're recovered and then have to like defend right. yourself? If you lose half the room, who cares? You may have sa- just saved the other half no, of the I, room. No, I understand it, but right. I don't want – sometimes people are so new. See, my thing is everything has changed, but I'm still, I'm still living this flesh. Right. I'm still allergic to alcohol. Right. So as a medical term only, right, I would be considered an alcoholic because I'm allergic to alcohol. But that's different, and that's where I get angst from people in fellowships because and that's okay. That, that and that's okay. You're gonna get but, you're gonna get I've that had, from anybody in whatever. Even in the church, I've had people ask yeah. me, "Do you still call yourself that?" I go as a medical definition, but that's not what I'm defined by in yeah. any way, shape, or form. I always tell from you know, like I said, from that point on, that was geez, that was. I can't even remember how long ago that was. That had to be in 2006 or seven, Right. So I had about three or four years. Uh, I'm just guessing. It may have been longer than that. But anyway, um, let's see. Yeah, it's probably around 2006 or 2007. Um, so I kind of have taken on a couple different Ways of addressing. Move that. your so mic I, towards your. So I either say I'm, I'm in recovery, right, right, or I'll say like uh, I'm a person in long term recovery, and what that means to me is I haven't had a drink or a drink in fourteen right. plus years, right. Um, so I'm I'm qualifying myself sure. to speak to this group of people, sure, but I'm not willing to compromise where I'm at in my recovery or my spiritual spiritual walk by saying something that I'm not. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And so, <clears throat> and every once in a while I'll say, you know, I'll introduce myself as being recovered and then, you know, you get everybody's, <gasps> you know, what did he just say? Did he say a swear word? What? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, we got, can't, we can't listen to this guy. You know, that's because they haven't like, read their own literature, they, Dave. I they said, haven't yeah, read their own literature. I, I say it, yeah, just like it says in the, the, the forward of the first edition. Uh, I said, you know, that's, and, and I and I have to you know explain that a little bit. It's like if it's my first week of being in recovery, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm an alcoholic and addict because I need to like admit to that to myself. You can't fix the, what you don't acknowledge. You right. got to be able to do that. And yeah. I need to I need to pound it into my head for a little while until I get it, till I change. But after a certain point, you know, I, I we were talking about Twinkies earlier, and I and and <laughs> that was I think before we were on the air, but uh, the. Uh, I have this great Twinkie analogy for this whole this whole piece of it, right? You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So, Monty goes to the doctor, and the doctor doctor says, "Hey, Monty, you know, you've been eating uh, eating these Twinkies for a long time, and now you have cancer, right?" Mm-hmm. So you got one of two choices: you can continue eating the Twinkies, or you can basically die. Right. So Monty goes home and he stops eating he stops eating the Twinkies. Uh <clears throat> now when he goes to like talk to people, right, because he, he stops eating the Twinkies and his cancer goes away. So does he go around telling everybody that he still has cancer? Of course not. Of course not. So he either say, he says he's in remission or he's in recovery. So the same thing applies. Mm-hmm. Right, with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Right? You're either you're either you're in the in the sickness. You still have the disease, or you're in recovery, or you've recovered. 
Don't you think, though, it could be a matter of perception, too? I, I mean, because the Apostle Paul states very clearly that in my weakness, then I am strong. Therefore, I will boast evermore of my weakness. Right. And that's where you share your experience, strength, and hope. Right. And so that, that's when I can say, look, it, I'm allergic to booze. Right. I break out in handcuffs. I, I'm allergic to it. <laughs> Medically, that makes me an alcoholic. Spiritually, as far as my whole life goes, my, my, you know, we talk about um, body, soul, and spirit and the holistic aspect. Right. Really, that's all one being. I'm a new person. And so I'm no longer identified by that. I've grown up from my immaturity of identifying as a sick individual to identifying as a recovered individual. Right. Yeah. I, and I've just taken it to a different, and there's a few people that I know that do this, but when I'm speaking to people, I'll, I'm, I'm not going to compromise myself. I'm going to tell them exactly what my thoughts are. Well, and you're, now, you're and told then to share your, your experience, right. strength, and hope, so you and better. I, and then I go back and I kind of share the experience and hope, right? Right. What it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Right. And so in that, then I can explain and I can connect with all of those people that like lost struggling. their breath when right. I said, recovered. I'm recovered. <laughs> Right, I quit eating those darn Twinkies, and now I people will die, but before they die of drug abuse, they'll die of hearing that word. They'll go, right. that's not acceptable. Right. <laughs> well, you know, where does it say? In, it's you know, I know you know a lot about the big books. So I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Okay, where does it say in the the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous that uh, we have to introduce ourselves as alcoholics in meetings, and we have to. And we're always going to be an alcoholic or not for the rest of our life. It does not say you have to introduce yourself to that. Actually, what it does say is that we are to introduce ourselves of as members of, uh, which is interesting because that that just throws a whole other topic, Caddy Wampus, right. and that's the anonymity tradition, right? The anonymity tradition is based on our public relations policy, right. not our personal stories. Right. And it's in, and like in uh, Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers, AA approved literature, by the way, right? It states Dr. Bob says we must let our society know that we are AAs. Oh, right. gee, you know, but that's how we're supposed to introduce exactly. ourselves. I kind of knew it, the answer. I was it, just going to say we're yeah. as we're at, at, as members now. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic is in the big book, but it is referring to. The medical condition, the allergy of the body, it is not referring to your identification as a person who's developed a relationship with a power greater than yourself. Right. That is the only way it's identified. And that, that goes way. back to the if I go back and start drinking again. I have this allergy that that you will enact that it will as soon as you put it in your body. The allergy yeah. manifests itself in multiple ways, right? My liver has to be replaced. Right. You know? Right. Uh, my jobs have to be replaced. My cars have to be replaced. Sure. You know, I mean, there's all that all that stuff. Now, for the person who's the obsession, which happens when you're stone cold sober, not when you're drinking, the obsession for the person with, that has not had that been lifted yet, I totally get it. I am not even an alcoholic in that sense as well. It hasn't been removed. How do you get it removed? You go through the, the spiritual process of these spiritual tools and then having had a spiritual awakening as a result of this process, by the way, you can't have a spiritual awakening as a result of steps you haven't done, then 
things, uh, remarkable things happen. In fact, it talks about being rocketed into the fourth dimension. It's not a dimension where I, my life is identified by my illnesses. I'm not identified by my weakness. I'm identified by my, my relationship with God. Right. That's how I'm identified. And that's where I had to grow up. And I realized right. that I, I'm sorry, and listeners out there that are going to hate me for this, I don't need to go to a meeting to stay sober because I'm not dependent on you. I'm dependent on my Heavenly Father. And I can go to him and be with him all day long and never go to a meeting. Meetings are important. Meetings are valuable. Meetings are where I can serve and become and be of service. Meetings are, are really important for people that are brand new. But I had to grow up and come out of the Peter Pan syndrome and stop being dependent on other people and start depending on God. In fact, in the chapter, Working With Others, it says, remind the prospect. Who's the prospect? The brand new guy. Remind the prospect his recovery is not dependent on people, but is dependent on his relationship with God. That is in the chapter, Working With Others. So I'm not dependent on the meeting. But there's also that that he it's a big number. I don't know what the numbers are, but of people that do not abide by that. Oh, I know. Right? It's like I'm just saying what the program teaches. I, I don't get God. I don't want to get God because right. you know, everybody that I've had in my life that talks about God is a hypocrite or blah 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 blah. Well right? yeah, there's a number of reasons. Right. And so and and also some people think that they have to have this spiritual awakening, um, you know, the the talking burning bush or whatever, you know. The well, they think that it's got to be Hollywood. The, it doesn't right. have to be it that. Doesn't, way. It doesn't. It can be little, little uh, things that happen in your life that you know move you. That's the way it was with forward. me. Yeah, I right? didn't have a Bill W. White light experience. I didn't have that. And, and and the other side of that too is like you think people think just because they went through the twelve steps uh, by going to a meeting and get information about the step that now they've worked the steps. Yeah, and, and that's that's a fallacy. They're 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 now good to go, right? I, mean, I read them. I read them. Therefore I've done them. The wall steps. Yeah. So let let's go let's go into this I don't want to grow up. <laughs> so first Corinthians thirteen, eleven through twelve said, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I set aside childish ways. And then I love what it says here. Now we, now we see but in a dim reflection as in a mirror. But then, later, when we meet him face to face, we will see fully. So what I get from that is, yeah, I'm growing up. It doesn't mean things are perfect. It doesn't mean I understand everything totally yet. But I'm still not a child anymore. I'm moving forward. And if that's in, in, in relationship to my recovery, in my relationship to my wife, even to my children, I got to come to a point where I'm putting away childish things. And I think, uh, you know, one thing that just, just came to me that, that gets missed is that growing up is demonstrated by the change that okay so now we think of others instead of ourselves right right we're we're making better decisions uh we're consulting with others we're asking for help and we're apologizing on a daily basis when we need to to me that's growing up yeah and that's what you we're asking know, forgiveness we're making amends we're admitting right. our wrongs we're doing that's, all that that's doing whether you're doing the steps or not if you're doing that's those just things, good healthy living you know, it, yeah <laughs> 
right? It, right. It, you know, especially you know, as if you're you know, if you're a self-acknowledged Christian, that's part of what you need to do, right? Is go right. help someone else. Yeah, right? and treat yeah. others the way you want to be yeah. treated. If you're doing those things, then I think you're doing well, and you're you're working towards you know being a mature, responsible, or productive member of society. Right. However much you want to do on that, yeah. Do you have Do you have that thing in that that you want to read from that devotional? I have it right here. Uh, it says, "Like Peter Pan, I never wanted to grow up." That's not as unusual as it sounds. Many men have the Peter Pan syndrome. I wanted to be growing up as far as personal freedom was concerned, but wanted no part of personal responsibility. That, after all, is serious business. I might make mistakes or cause problems, but most of all, I might not get everything I wanted if I had to grow up. (laughs) And getting everything I wanted was very important to me. Being grown up, or at least acting that way, is very important when working the steps. The fifth step, in particular, asked me to be responsible and take myself and my pro- um, and to take myself and my problems got to God and another human being seriously. There is no room for childishness on the fifth step. Boy, isn't that the case? Amen. It's and this is where we, we lose the people on steps four and five, and we lose people on steps nine. Because it requires a certain amount of maturity right. to fillet yourself open and say, look it, I screwed up, and I'm willing to admit it, I'm willing to make amends, and I'm going to go make direct amends. Yep. And the part that a lot of people forget or just kind of gloss over is except when to do so would injure them or others. Right. Part of the ninth step, right? Yeah. Because they say, oh, i got to make an amends because I want people to like me again. I want people to trust me again. I want. And they go out willy-nilly. I want, I want, I want, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't want to grow up. They go out willy-nilly making making immature, childish choices on how to make an amends. Right. And they get the living daylights beat out of them. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's crazy. Or or they wreck someone else's life. Or they wreck somebody else's at, 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 at somebody else's expense to make themselves feel good. Yeah, but reality is, is they don't feel good. No, they don't. Because yeah, I, I can tell. There's a lot of wisdom. A couple of different stories. On oh that, yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah. So, so this maturity thing, growing up, grow and, up, I guess. You know, um, you know the story of Peter Pan's all fun and well and good, but it's interesting, isn't it? The 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 boys that followed Peter Pan. Right in Never Never Land, you remember what they were called? The Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Yeah. Interesting parallel. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. So, who did uh, Captain Hook model after? Who did he model after? Captain Morgan. <laughs> Captain Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just had to go there. Oh my gosh. Oh, we're, doing, we're doing we're uh, doing AA parallels. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. So the other the other thing is too that that whole story, you know, is surrounded around a dream. The kids fell asleep. They had a dream. Listen, you can. It's a dream that turns into a nightmare if you think that you can stay twelve, nine. Right. 14. Because it, it will, no. it'll bite you, you know, and it's a, it's a little, 
you know, I went through a phase where I was so nostalgic about my high school years that I was obsessing over it. I was looking at my high school yearbook every day, obsessing over it. I, I don't know why that was, but I realized that it was a tad pathetic. And it was good to have memories. It was good to, to remember good times and all that kind of stuff. But to the point where I was getting some sort of emotional relief by remembering the good old days. There was a whole lot of bad in the good old days brought on by mostly my choices, right. right? But I was living so far back there that I was missing everything that was going on around me. Right. And man, if that's the Peter Pan syndrome, I want nothing to do with it. Right? You know what that is? What is that, It's Dave? my mind being blown. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. Blown. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so, because when you first started talking about that, I was yeah. just like, all of a sudden, bam, this just pops in my head. Because it reminds me of the, you know, this, all this ties together. It reminds me of the, the alcoholic in the addict, right? Especially addicts. What are we trying to do? You were usually trying to go back and, and, and relive that first time or the first time that we had this, like, yeah, so-called spiritual experience with the drugs, right? Right, and so when you say we're trying to go back and stay twelve, and that's kind of where it's like chasing the bag. We're, yeah, we're still trying to get back to that that special time when things are just great, and I and you know, it never happens, right? And so we stay stuck, yep. in our brain yep. at age twelve, but our body keeps growing up, life keeps passing us by. People are telling us, "Grow up." Toys R Us is closed now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might not be, but you know, some more toys, more fun, more fun. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, all right. So if you're having trouble growing up, if you're having trouble putting both feet into the present, you might want to seek some help with that. There's no shame in that, right, Dave? No, you know, I finally—it's funny you mention that because it took me thirty some odd years to finally realize that there is no shame in asking for help. Yeah. You know, once I started doing it, things worked out and I was like, what, why didn't I do this sooner? Sure. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you, if you need some, some help and don't know where to turn, you know, uh, connect up with us and, uh, we got, we got resources. Yeah. I mean, you can call us, you can send us a private message on Facebook or, you know, there's multiple ways. Yeah, you can uh, you can comment on our our iHeart Radio page. You can comment on our Podomatic page. You can comment on our YouTube page, LinkedIn, WordPress, Blogger. You can contact on all those. You can email us at take twelve radio at comcast dot net. Uh, our phone number and all that is on our information page on contact us. You can access all of that at take twelve radio dot com. And if you're you're ready to to get some some help and don't know where to go, you can always call me at Acme Counseling. Uh, the number is five four one two eight six four zero one zero. Yeah, you don't have to live uh, in Corvallis. You don't have to live in Corvallis nope. to call and talk to you, right? Nope. Yeah, there you go. Simply do not. In fact, we're looking at maybe opening an office in Lebanon at some point down the road. So, oh, nice. Yeah, good deal. 
Well, our closing song, Dave, um, This uh, stick around. I think you want to hear this song. This is really okay. good. I'll stick like that. Stick around. This is by Richie Supa. You can visit uh, their website at recoveryunplugged.com. Uh, taking music and using it as uh, uh, the therapeutic value of music when it comes to recovery. Yep, uh, very sure. powerful stuff. Uh, Richie Supa, very good friend of Steven Tyler, been on my show before. And uh, this is his song called Make a Change. Powerful stuff. Check it out. Snowflakes burning in a hot glass pipe Dancing with a needle trying to get off right Another day gone, you ain't gonna see daylight You need a couple of grams so you try to score Every day you have to fight another war All you're gonna do is just fade out tonight That's right Make a change, change, change Time to take a look Talking about the crash and burn You could write a book Living for the high, high, high You became a slave You better get yourself together While there's still enough for you to say Time to make a change, yeah, 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 yeah. Time to make a change, yeah, 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 yeah. You put up walls between the ones you love, trying to hide the fact that you're so messed up. Only thing you feel is whatever you use today. Hey, hey. It's empty and you can't make rent Trying to figure out where all the money went Life is hard enough without hurting yourself each day Hey, hey Time to make a change, change, change Time to take a look Talking about the crash and burn You could write a book Living for the high
Chapter 13, verse 11 in the good book. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Perhaps that's the change we need to make. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming reminding you that you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.